The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody outside me MS2, the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Excuse me. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to use on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your, I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you would like two hours worth back-to-back, <laughs> and you missed this show, he went on for two hours yesterday, so that's two hours worth of Bradley, and then today at 3 o'clock Eastern, he'll be on, and that's another two hours. So uh, yeah, get your fix for uh, Bradley Dean there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. Got a lot of friends over there, so good morning to you guys. Good to see you. And while you're over there, please subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And um, you can also <clears throat> watch us on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. And we appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. That goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. All the uh, articles we have for the day at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive. So be sure and uh, and check that out uh, when you get a chance to do so uh, and sign up. Because, again, we are getting... I mean, we're, we're censored pretty heavily. You know, well, I think I just broke that. Uh, <laughs> We are censored pretty heavily, and that includes even the emails. I know a lot of emails go to spam. I know some internet providers just stop it. I know we have somebody who makes their money by just saying, oh, well, we think you're spamming, and we think you're doing this and that and the other, and they they send that out to ISPs, and they block them as well. In any case, we're going to go with what the Lord uh, gives us, and uh, as He opens the door, we're going we're gonna to go through that. So I'm not going to complain about it. We're just going to keep forging ahead with what we're doing. Uh, check out our store, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We are highlighting all the profits we're pointing to the front. This is Bradley's latest book. <clears throat> Let me pick this thing up that I dropped. 
Uh, this is Bradley's latest book, and uh, of course we have Soldier of the Cross still in the store, ten dollars, and the bundle with the book and the shirt and the uh, the dog tags. Uh, your choice of those colors that starts at thirty four dollars. But this ten dollar book, all the profits are pointing to the front. This is second, and we're waiting to uh, for the printing of the third book, uh, Children of the Apostate. So that that should be out within the next month, I think. But right now we're just highlighting all the profits are pointing to the front. Those are ten dollars in the store, and Lots of people have not just been buying one of them. They've been buying several of them to uh, to give to friends, neighbors, acquaintances, and stuff like that. And I think that's great. It is a great way to share the real, true gospel, the one that saves. Not the one that makes you feel comfortable in your sin, but it actually saves you from it. Uh, it's a great way to do that, and, um, and and Bradley knows this out of his his own experiences uh, as the Lord has you know given him victories all over the place. Yeah, we're fighting the the censorship— uh, that's to be. That's that's a victory in waiting. It really is. Don't don't think that the bad guys have the upper hand. If you listen to Bradley yesterday, you know one of the things he said was the devil is still God's devil, right? Now he didn't use those words, but he is his devil. God uses the devil. It's not the devil's in control. And this is what drives me crazy when we have certain people come in the chat. And, oh, the, he's the god of this world. The whole world's and I'm like, wait a minute. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And how does he do that? Well, first he does it in us, and then he uses us as, as the church to deal with it in the society. And so if we're not willing to do that, guess what we're going to face? Yep, them curses that right out of Deuteronomy 28, which we are, and you guys can go right down the list. You can see exactly where we are because God doesn't change, and sadly, neither do men apart from his grace. They really don't. So this morning, uh, we've got a special guest with us. Actually, we had two. I don't know what, Kate, what happened with Kate. Oh, she's trying to come back in. <laughs> she, she was, let me tell you something. These ladies were in here before I got in here. Uh, which On a Saturday, I was kind of shocked because Kate usually comes in after I've done the introduction and everything else. So it was great that uh, they were on. But we've got um, a special guest with us. Not only Kate, as usual, uh, but we have Fiona Shaquilla Burns. And um, she was diagnosed with cancer at 11 years old. Given several months to live, her parents followed the full Gerson therapy. And a year later, she was cancer-free. Did that mean that was the end of that, uh, that road? No. She was diagnosed with a terminal illness, illness again and cancer in several areas, including ovary, cervix, brain tumor, brain bleed, Plural effusion. I don't know what that is. I'm going to have her tell us what all this stuff is in a minute. At age 41, uh, she was told that she would die in terrible pain without chemotherapy. That's the lie, isn't it? No, all the people who are in chemotherapy, aren't they the ones who die this painful thing? Yeah. She followed her own path again and within 10 months was cancer-free. She's now almost 60. Uh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? I shouldn't do that for this was what Kate gave me, so you can blame Kate. She is now almost 60 years of age, alive and well, and teaching others what she has learned for herself. That's a discipleship of what you learn from the experiences that you go through. It's my privilege to welcome Kate and Fiona to the Sons of Liberty. Great to see you, ladies. Hold on. Hi, I, good yeah, morning. I got you. All right. <clears throat> yeah, so so let's let's start out with this here first. You know, I had several things that uh, that popped up with me, uh, and I don't know if I can get both of you on the screen. We'll, we'll try this like this. Yep, I think I can get you both on there. I had something yesterday. We had um, Donald Downs and his daughter, Kara, and I was briefly explaining uh, to Kate, you know, what it went on. She's had them on her show, and we've seen what happened 
when the hospitals institute the COVID protocols. And all of us are kind of shocked to hear that, but we're not as shocked for some reason, and I don't know why, maybe cancer's just been around a long time, but we're, we're not as shocked when we hear what they do to the cancer patients and, what the, and how they want to, quote-unquote, treat them. And there's a better way, and I think that's what you know, our Creator gave us there in Genesis 129 when he talked about the seeds are to be for meat for you and all of those things that are found in the trees and, and the things that God has created. And then later on, he did allow for the consumption of meat. Genesis chapter 9, you can read that there. But again, all of those things in moderation, as Paul says, right? It's not like uh, there's a problem with, you know, the foods that God gives or the drinks that God gives. There's not a problem with that. Usually it's the problem is with the heart of man that he wants to be a glutton and all these kinds of things. So with that said, um, Fiona, give us a little a bit, uh, sort of an introduction. I, I know I gave an introduction there. That was kind of brief. But give us a little introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are, and then I'm really curious about this plural effusion because that was something I, I don't know what that is, but you could tell us all the things that's going on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm a medical herbalist, and I work with um, energy psychology treatments as well, which EFT and Psych-K, which is basically looking at the patterns which create disease. So... I've been a herbalist for many years, but it was only really on my second cancer diagnosis that I really got to understand the importance of the mind and the emotions when it comes to health. And my second cancer diagnosis, which was cervical cancer, which had gone to the ovaries and the brain, um, the first symptom was a pleural effusion. So that's basically when the lungs um, fill up with fluid, and so it's, it causes a partial collapse of the lung. Um, and I just felt this feeling, it was like something was sitting on my chest. So this is my first cancer uh, symptom as an adult. So I was 41, went to the doctor, of course I got given a, an inhaler and um, that obviously that wasn't gonna do anything and I didn't even use it because um, I knew it wasn't asthma. It felt like something was sitting on my chest. Uh, so anyway, it turns out that a pleural effusion can be a symptom of gynecological cancer, which is what I did have. And I found that out by researching it myself because I got stuck, as, as often happens when you get a symptom affecting one part of your body. You get stuck with that particular consultant, so that particular area of medicine, which was the, the lung team. Um, I got stuck with them and nobody was looking below, you know, below my waist to see any other, anything else that was going on. So a Google search showed me that um, gynecological cancer can cause a pleural effusion, went back to my GP, asked for tumor marker test, asked for an ultrasound scan and lo and behold, I had a big tumor which engulfed both of my ovaries, uh, nine by six centimeters, like so size wow. Great, grapefruit, small grapefruit. Um, and yeah, so that was um, then confirmed that it was cancer of the ovaries. And my journey with cancer, my second journey with cancer began, basically. And um, of course, they wanted to do hysterectomy. They wanted to um, give me radiotherapy and chemotherapy. And But the first thing they wanted to do was to take away one of my ovaries so that they could properly investigate what sort of cancer it was. 
Um, and I didn't allow that to happen. So that's when I stepped away from medical treatment and started treating myself. Um, and I had already the experience of having healed myself of the leukemia and the sarcoma as a child, obviously, with my parents' help, with a lot of input from my parents. Um, but having done the coffee enemas, the juices, the supplements, and um, the therapy that Kate talks about a lot, which she actually did herself, Gerson therapy. Um, so that was my starting point. Um, and then I went into looking at all the emotional stuff that's going on, the fact that I was actually full up with toxic emotion, in other words, unexpressed emotion. So emotion that's not expressed becomes toxic and that affects the physical body. Can I um, ask you something, uh, Fiona? Let, let me yeah. let me ask you a little question here because uh, you had the leukemia and something else at 11, right? And your parents okay. took you... Yeah. Okay. They took you to the Gerson therapy. How did that affect you as far as how you lived your life, the things you learned with the Gerson therapy, the, how you lived your life, the food you're eating? I'm just curious... Yeah. Were you, were you oh, eating a lot? Did you start eating a lot of processed foods later on? And, I did. I okay. did. So um, to start with, my parents kept me on the straight and narrow. Um, you know, obviously they they wanted me to keep doing eating a very pure diet, but I really went off the rails when I was a teenager. Um, started smoking and drinking and eating sausages and beans and you know just junk food and all sorts of things. Um, but for some reason or another, my, my, I was just, I was actually feeling very good mentally. I think that was, I was actually really excited by life. Um, I was having a really good time as a teenager once I got better. Um, and I think that just kept me the high vibe of feeling really happy, kept me well for a long, long time. And then it was, it was after my sister died when I was 33 um, and then my mum died when I was 40. Somehow I hadn't been able to process that sadness, you know, and I was, I found myself the oldest female in my family, um, having been the youngest child and always having a big sister and a mum. And, and it just, it really threw me and I, I just didn't recover emotionally. Uh, a couple, uh, alongside that, I had the stress of moving house and starting working as a herbalist in a new clinic and a lot of stress and not sleeping properly and eating junk food like pizza and getting into a sort of wine habit. So put all that lot together and I ended up developing very you know, serious stage four cancer, which was, you know, it, by the time it was diagnosed, it was actually stage four. Basically. I was going to say, well, what kind of what kind of time frame were they giving you when they diagnosed you in, and they're saying, well, if you don't do the chemotherapy, uh, you're you're going to die this kind of horrible death and blah 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 all this kind of stuff. They're telling you yeah. all that. What were they telling you? How long were you, they they determined that you probably would live? Well, when I was diagnosed, um, which was August 2007, they said if I did all of their treatments, which was the the chemo, the radio, the surgery, I had a 20 to 30 percent chance of being alive in five years' time, and a 10 percent chance of being alive in 10 years' time. And I asked them, well, if I do none of what you're recommending, how long have I how long have I got, in your opinion? They said less than a year. So that was their that that was their 
their prognosis. That's a that's a scare tactics to get you into uh, into doing what they want you to do, isn't it? You got to trust us. We know when you're going to live and die. Only God knows those things, folks. I mean, He's determined the number of our days. He knows of our head and all these kinds of things. And Kate, you had you had similar things. Jump in here for just a second. And I know people have heard your story, but for those who haven't, you had something similar, but it was it was a breast cancer. What well, you didn't have it when you were young and stuff, but you went the same route dealing with Gerson, and you reference that all the time, going back to what God gave us in the garden. Uh, that was, you know, your your food's going to be your medicine, your medicine food, right? Yeah. So I, they they, I had private health, but it was all very rushed and very solemn faces. Um, you know, when you go for your MRI scan, everybody's very, so very solemn. When the the breast care nurse came in with the the leaflets to tell me about breast cancer, she had her head to the side and spoke in a breathy voice. Hello, Mrs. Shamarani. And uh, I think they're trained in that. And so when I went away and researched, it said if I did everything on the menu, it was uh, 20% survival at two years and zero at five for surgery, chemo, radio, tamoxifen, Zolodex. And um, 20% survival at two, zero at five. And I thought, why have I just had the surgery? Now, thank goodness I'd already started reading Dr. Gerson's report of 50 cases and decided to take myself home on day two thinking, I've just made a big fat mistake. That's my prerogative. But later... Um, my estrogen was very high and I didn't want to take these drugs. They wanted me to go and talk about getting my ovaries removed. And it just didn't feel right. I didn't want to have any more of my body parts cut off. And it was the right decision because this is a, it's really important. This is, there was, I was not using all the synthetic estrogens anymore. I'd cleaned up my environment, clean water, Gerson food, the juices, the coffee enemas, and um, I had two older sisters. I still do. One that's two years older, one that's four years older. And at 48 and a half, so I was diagnosed at 46, I menopause naturally before both of my older sisters. And that was because of getting all of my estrogen down. It just like fell off a cliff. And, and I've never had a single menopause symptom. And that's very significant because that's telling you um, that we are what we eat. But what I did notice and what I've noticed on the way, and, and I've had a, a wonderful guest on who I'll bring on, who was my uh, practitioner, and she's now overseeing, she's taking the case with my daughter, which that's a whole different story. I mean, what actually is going on? I don't believe she's got a cancer in her body. What a load of rubbish. But anyway, um, you know, what, what they, the whole the whole the whole industry, if you like, that creates billions, everything is called cancer. Whether wherever it is in your body, they call it cancer. It's like COVID. It's last year's COVID. It's it's the the year before AIDS, and so it's it's like a, a the boogeyman that everybody's afraid of it, and they keep it alive in your head in constant advertisements for Pink Ribbon, um, Raise Money for Macmillan, Race for Life, Cancer Research UK. It's so that you're constantly terrorised. And the very, very important bit is that if you dare to speak out against it or you try and do anything yourself, they will criminalise you. They will even kill you because, um, you know, I, I had John Richardson on as well this morning you know, B50, uh, B17. Yeah. 
and uh, he was on the first half of my show. So this is all fear-based. He actually had got a vault and got all these old books that were out of print and lots of doctors. Um, so this is, this is a big money spinner. It makes lots of money. I, don't, I personally don't believe anything of it anymore because we've been researching all the markers and even the markers who dictates what they are and whether it's cancer. If you look, you, you have to think about the PCR test here and also the drugs that they give you for these so-called cancers give you the symptoms that they say your cancer causes. I found so much out, so much out over the last month. So, so please keep telling me, folks, that I look tired. I actually couldn't. I can always sleep. But last night I was immersed in a book as my daughter was having a rip-roaring temperature that then broke, and which is a good sign when it does that. Not a constant temperature. That shows tumour, as they call it, tumour uh, growth. When you have a, a really high temperature and then it breaks, cancer patients can't do that. And I just want to say one last thing and I'll shut up. You know how you're all told constantly about your immune system? That's another big fat lie, your immune system. It's, it's just a lie. It's toxicity of the entire body, deficiency in your enzymes. And, and you cannot do what you've got to do, what your body has to do. And um, you, you just can't do it. Your constitution won't let you. So this whole thing about immune boosting, folks, you've got to get that out of your head. It's a Rockefeller lie. It's just one big fat Rockefeller lie. And what Fiona's talking about, you've got your physical constitution, then your emotional constitution. If you've had a big shock or a big emotional um, a significant event in your life, what does that do? What do we see? It, does, it always pushes down our thyroid and pushes up our adrenals, cortisol, our fright and flight. And what do we see when we've been under immense pressure with work or something happening? We get, we get sick afterwards. We get sick. And this is what um, is, is together when we talk about our emotional release. That's why, you know, people, when they finally release all their emotions, it becomes a release and they weep and weep and they go into a very big, deep sleep. And then they feel somewhat better afterwards. So uh, this whole Rockefeller system, it's a lie. And this lot are pushing it. The case that you're talking about with that couple the court said that they had to give the drug. I don't remember which one it was. I can't remember if it was Budesonite. It was the Iver it was, Ivermectin. It, it was the, the Ivermectin. The, the, right, yeah. The pet, the the pimps and the assassins working there, following guidelines, cash for corpses, didn't give it. They didn't give it. This whole system, these hospitals, these these scare homes. This ambulance service that they can, you know, inject you and kill you in your own home. People need to wise up. This is not health care. This is, this is sick and death care. Make you sick, keep you sick, treat you, kill you, dispose of you, and you're going to pay for it with your taxes or your insurance because there's no money, there's no money there anymore. 
So you're not going to get treatment. It's as simple as that. As we've got 7 million in the UK, 7 million on a waiting list. A lot of those are going to die before they even get treated. So 7 million because of these lockdowns and everything else. There's not enough money and resources to ever catch up. Yeah, no, I, I see that exactly. And uh, Dino was asking in here, he says, well, are they lying about diabetes? Dino, they're lying about a lot of things. They may tell you that you have something they call diabetes, but they're not going to tell you how to actually correct that. And I'll let the ladies, you know, this is the stuff I've learned. They're giving things, Kate's even uncovered where they're they're making up names and calling it one thing. Uh, when you really start to go back to the root of whatever the word is they use, what was the one we had, Kate, with uh, with Alistair, what they called it, and then you discovered, well, it actually means malnutrition. You started giving him good nutrition. You Yeah, you gave him good nutrition. He started putting on weight. He, <clears throat> The boy was 19 years old. He uh, started going through puberty. Uh, growing facial hair and all this kind of stuff. I think Kate's having a little... Uh, yep, we lost her there. Sorry about that. Um, but Alistair, we had him on the show twice, and his mom, and his mom did some camera work for us too, uh, there at Trafalgar Square and some other places. But, you know, Alistair had been in that state since he was 10, 10 years old, and they gave him steroids, they gave him all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, when he starts getting nutrition, he starts putting on weight, growing high, going through puberty, his voice changes, all this kind of stuff. Why? Because Kate was... And his mom were putting the things that God gave us, not this poisons that man has given us, and they call it food, but they started helping him. And yeah, sure, they, they tell us lies. Um, and, and I think a lot of it comes from men are deceived, they deceive other people. The scripture talks about this too. And then those people become deceived, and then they share that. And that's what we've, that's what we've got. We're sharing a lot of stuff that we've learned from somebody else that's not true. And so we have to correct ourselves. This is part of what repentance is. It is a change of mind first that results in change of actions uh, that we partake of. So um, <clears throat> what, what went on when your doctor said, well, you've got this amount of time here, Fiona, and y- if you don't do all these kinds of things, kind of like what Kate was, how did you approach them and did they come trying to harass you, to get you to to buy their wares, so to speak? Uh, did you have any of that kind of stuff? Or did you go right back to Gerson? Or how did that happen once, uh, you know, you're diagnosed there uh, in your early 40s with cancer again? And this time, it seems like it's a bigger area than you had before. Hmm. Well, initially, you know, I stepped away from the NHS. And I said, I'm not, you know, I don't want to don't want the treatment. I went off and did my own thing. Um, they, they, they didn't even want to scan me because I was refusing to go along with having an ovary removed. So I didn't find out the whole picture until November the same year. And that's when I found out that it was in the cervix as well. And I later found out a couple of months later that it was also in the brain. So it kind of unfolded. Um, in January, I decided I wanted to um, get a second opinion from the Royal Marsden, which is the biggest cancer hospital in the UK. And because I was, you know, I was just really, I I wasn't, I wasn't doing great to start with. So it wasn't like a linear um, road back to health. It was 
up and down, which which it is with cancer. You get you get these sort of um, you get these when you're releasing toxins, you actually feel really ill. And sometimes you don't know if that's the cancer or progression or if that's actually your body getting rid of toxicity. So it's difficult to know sometimes. Anyway, I went for a second opinion to the Royal Marsden and that's when they told me that I was dying, basically. And they said, there's no, the only thing we can offer you now, and I haven't had any treatment from them, um, is actually chemotherapy. And that will, that's just to stop you having a really painful death, but it's not going to actually we won't actually recover um but it might prolong your life by a few months and at that point they were giving me two or three months so um so what yeah. happens after that you start to take that journey again you start healing you know working to heal yourself uh, bring healing yourself and look I, <clears throat> I make no bones about it i think even the healing of ourselves uh is a gift from god he's told us uh, what to do if we want life and we need to follow that. Um, he lays that out in the Old Covenant. He lays out the foods that the people eat. And he said, I'm setting before you life and death. And that includes the moral law and everything else. But he says, choose life. So you were choosing life over a, over, you know, a, a dead end, literally, for you. How long was it after you're diagnosed till you start to see, you do the testing and you, you realize, okay, this stuff is gone and then do your doctors respond, the ones that told you, oh, you're only going to live this long if you do this, that, and the other. If you don't do anything, you're dead within a year and all this kind of How Did the doctors ever hear your story, and did they have a response to that? Yeah, they didn't actually want to know my story. Hmm. So that was the thing when I was a child. Um, they, they actually wrote spontaneous remission on my notes when I was a child after I got better from the leukemia and the sarcoma. And so, yeah, spontaneous. I always think that's it's about as spontaneous as finding yourself at the top of Mount Everest. You know, it's like it's hard work healing yourself. It's not something that just happens. It's blooming hard work. So a bit of an insult to have it called a spontaneous remission when you've worked so hard to get your health back. But anyway, that's what they that's how they responded as when I was a child. And then when I was an adult and I got my so just to give you the time scale, I was my first symptom of cancer was April the 19th, 2007. That's when I had the pleural effusion. August the 1st, so it took them a long time to actually diagnose me because I was stuck with the chest consultants for a while before I kind of made, got very proactive myself. Um, August the 1st, I was diagnosed with the cancer. Um, then the following June, I was cancer-free. So that was so it was 10 months in total from diagnosis to cancer-free. And my recovery involved a whole host of things. So it was about clearing the emotional root of cancer. So expressing, releasing all of those toxins which had got stored in my body, which got stuck. So the word emotion means e-motion, e energy in motion. So when and when it's not moving, when the energy isn't moving, that's when you get a stuck emotion. And stuck emotions cause disease if you if they just get stuck and they don't get to express. So, yeah, and uh, we're like the weather. So emotions are like the weather. We have sunny days. We have rainy days. We have, you know, we're every, every all of it, um, we're basically made of elements. And our emotions are like our internal weather. When we stop our internal weather, we make ourselves sick. It's a bit like 
God saying, right, we're not going to have any more uh, rain and a stop in the rain and then the earth will dry out. You know, it's that sort of, you have to allow all of it. So it's about making friends with all of the emotions, the difficult ones and, you know, the easy ones, easy to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy. Not everybody wants to feel sadness, but we have to go and feel the sadness as well in order to feel the joy. So it's about coming to terms with the fact that we are at the end of the day, natural beings and we have to return ourselves to a natural state in order to be healthy. And if we get stuck in suppression, so suppression creates disease. So when we suppress emotions, we get sick. So we have to learn how to make friends with emotions, how to free everything up. And also the conditioning that we get programmed. So we, we are all highly programmed from day one. But as soon as we pop out, you know, womb, um, we start to be programmed by by society and um, that programming gets more and more intense when we go to school and then you know we learn all sorts of things which aren't true and we basically come out you know programmed um, one of the things I learned when I was um, needing to heal myself was that I needed to unprogram myself and program myself with beliefs that are actually going to support my health so I, learned, I came across something called Psych K, which Bruce Lipton talks about. Um, it actually, Psych K helped him to write his books. So uh, anyone that just hasn't heard of uh, Bruce Lipton, he is a cellular biologist. He used to lecture at Harvard. And he discovered that the cell DNA is not the actual thing that controls the cell, but it's the epigenetics, which has the influence on the DNA which is the cause of how, how what the behavior, the how the cell responds. So that means an epigenetics can be nutrition and um, yeah, food and the, all the nutrients that we take in or the toxins that we take in. And it can also be thoughts that we have. So thoughts have an epigenetic effect on us. The thoughts, the, the beliefs that we hold actually affect us. Um, yeah, they deeply. do. Mm. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. And that, that was one of the things, you know, we've had, uh, now, let me ask you this real quickly. Uh, yeah. Oh, Kate's looking to come back in. Sorry, but I don't even know why I'm showing up here. This is kind of a, a weird thing. I, I've got gallery on here. Uh, let's hide me. I don't want to show myself. Wow. Ooh, that really makes a mess, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am curious, though. Let me hide myself. There we go. Um, and me. Do what? Exactly. I can see two of me. But yeah, just... Kate's coming in now. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Now now we're good. I was seeing me because we changed over to the thing. So uh, when you did this, uh, the Gerson therapy, were you doing it at home there or did you travel down to Dr. Vickers' place? Yeah, no, I, I, I did it at home. The first time okay. around, um, we had a naturopath supporting us called Mr. Eddie, who lived in Manchester. And um, he guided my parents on what to do. And actually... It's a very, very hard work therapy. Anyone who's come across it, you have to do a lot of juicing. I know Kate was amazing. She did it all herself. Um, I couldn't have done that because I was actually really sick. I had very little energy. Um, so I actually employed someone to come um, just for a couple of hours every day um, to help me, to help me make juices and to wash up the juicer and do housework and stuff like that. Um, paid the minimum wage and had had amazing support actually managed to find two amazing women who alternated so they helped me with it um 
under the guy so yeah that's that's when I was an adult but when I was a child my parents did pay for someone to come in and help as well so yeah they couldn't do it all on their own it's it's really hard work my mum did the Gerson therapy with me uh took the juices with me took the coffee enemas as well bless her heart and I got paid um as a kid I got paid for every juice that I had and every enema that I had and every supplement that I took I was basically bribed to do the whole thing you're robbing mom and dad blind weren't you (laughs) I mean it's such a sensible thing they did though because I really stuck to it but you know I don't know if I just stuck to it if I haven't been paid so Mm. yeah I I, I stuck to it religiously (laughs) 13 juices a day, five enemas, castor oil enema twice a week, 90 miles a day to drive my kids. I did all my own housework, five-bedroomed house. I had all activities after school. I ran my house like a military, and right now, uh, my daughter's up to, mostly we we can get between 11 and 8 and 11 juices into her, depending on how nauseous or vomiting she is. She's very weak, so I have to do it all. Uh, as well as work. I love walking my dogs because I've got everything prepped for today and her friends coming. And, uh, you know, there's lots of other therapies that she's doing alongside it. And hyperbaric, I take her. And I just tell myself the Lord gives me the way. He props me up. He keeps me going. Saturday nights generally, please forgive me for being late with people's consults because I still have to work to pay my bills. Um, I got behind with work, but I, I've just accepted I do what I can do. And um, and she's she's doing it. She's a good girl. It was very brave of a 22-year-old to say, I'm not going to do that. And I knew instinctively that there was something not quite right. As I've talked off camera, we've had to go. My daughter's had to send legal letters um, they were accusing coercion when it was, they co- tried to coerce. I, I the, the, what you come up against is disgusting. But, um, you know, to hear Fiona as an 11 year old and to watch my daughter as a 22 year old, she's 23 in April, uh, go ahead and do what she's told to do. And she, she used to love chocolate and, you know, her diet has completely changed and she's she's managing it. And then my, my kids didn't know I had cancer for two years. I never told them. I told them I had leaked silicon in my body from breast implants. But they used to laugh at me doing the coffee enema. I remember my youngest daughter, she must have only been about nine. And she said something. She said, you think that's bad? All I can hear through the door is, is that's mommy's doing coffee enemas. And they used to laugh. And of course, my daughter did her first coffee enema. And she's doing four a day. Most days she does four. She gets very huge relief from headaches, from the toxins that are being released. It's classic, all the, what is all through the book, the Gerson therapy book she's going through. And um, she's now, uh, she actually did one herself yesterday, had a spectacular, uh, disaster um which we've all done it we've all had a few when you're offloading toxins you can't hold them and uh, i think i've said many a time i even you know pepper sprayed the cat one day um and uh, it's all in my book yet yeah, the cat 
and uh, up the wall and everywhere. But, you know, my poor daughter, I, I said to her, just leave it all. I'll be back. But I've managed, you know, what because it's her right side and get, working with her. This is the other thing as well that what Fiona might, she'll know as an adult, as parents, you, um, I, I immersed myself. I taught myself hematology, biochemistry, so that no one would ever, ever again know more than I knew. <clears throat> Any questions I ask a medic, I already know the answer. I want to know if they know. And most of them don't. Um, I have, yeah, don't tell me I'm a doctor because I'll just say, so what? No one cares. That's my answer every time now. Um, but uh, it, it's knowing... It's knowing when to be guided by the patient. Are they detoxing too much? Can their body cope with it? And Dr. Gerson, in his report of 50 cases, if he didn't wake his, cancer, his patients that were advanced cancer up when they were on the, the full therapy, if he didn't wake them in the middle of the night, some of them would go into comas with the toxicity. And when patients are, have had chemo, they can't do it straight away. You know, this is, this is hardcore. And it's not the supplements. They're just part of it. It's the food. It's the food, the potassium salts, the uh, coffee enemas. What they do is you can't fire up any energy. And all these people that come to me, and they do it all the time. Oh, I've heard the sugar, sugar feeds cancer and you're talking about juicing. You know what? That means I should be dead. Um, the amount that I did. And also... Oh, you have to you have to fast. If you fast when you've got cancer, it's like taking unpaid annual leave from your job when your bank account's already empty. Your body needs fuel, sugar in the natural foods and the juices, together with oxygen that you breathe because it's going to change the, the charge at a cellular level, allowing all the toxins to come back out of that cell to get that cell working and generating energy again because it is that that's ultimately going to save you and people don't realize we've had we've had decades of slowly breaking down the body just to add here and then i'll shut up again um when we hear about um these turbo cancers, these oncologists are going to get very rich because they work in the NHS and privately. They're still going to be using all the same drugs. The patients are just going to die quicker. The same as you can't come up with a vaccine, a vaccine to treat cancer. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. And people need to own, own it. Own what you've done to yourself or done to your children. And educate yourself in how to undo it. Amen. To reverse it, because that is what it, and, and it tells you all through scripture. It's all there. And uh, that is that is the key. That is the golden ticket out of here. That is it. And, and this, you know, I've come out walking. It's the only opportunity that I got. So I knew Fiona was coming on and, and I've come out with my dogs because this is, so important to my health and well-being to be out, to be amongst what's natural, to breathe in fresh air, to touch the trees. And if you are living in front of your telly with all your mod cons and you're not doing this, that's as poisonous as the food. Uh, it's as poisonous as 
you know, shooting yourself up, you have got to get back to the way we're meant to live. Yeah, amen. I, in fact, I was thinking about, you know, we've talked about our, and uh, Fiona, I'm glad you brought that up about our thoughts too. The Bible talks about us setting our minds on things that are beautiful and lovely and holy and right and all this kind of stuff. Like this. And yeah, and it, yeah, this, it's gorgeous. And you know, I was even thinking about, you know, our society at large is a, is a heavy stress society. It is a society that wants to run 100 miles an hour. And all of that uh, puts a lot of stress on the body. And then you start getting the different toxins, whether they're EMFs, whether they're the processed foods, whether it's the stuff they spray in the air, the things they put in the water, whatever. You combine all that. I mean, you're just asking for it. We already you know, have enough if, you're, if you are eating well and you're doing these things. But I thought about this because you know I know both of you have mentioned the issue with the doctors telling you certain kinds of things and they're going to you know they they want an enormous amount of money you know our neighbors across the road um the the gentleman died here uh this past year his wife uh went on you know several years before they had moved from Kentucky to retire here and then not only are they doing these kinds of things but then they they get a hold of their property and they want to take their property as as payments as they just want to take everything from them even though the people are gone and i think about uh you know mark chapter five this is a, a passage we've referenced before but here's what it says um there was a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians listen to that she had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. This is how much her faith was in the doctors of the day. And they're doing the same thing they're doing today. Okay, they're just finding new ways to do it. But they're doing the same thing. Sorceress. That's right. They're the sorcerers. That's right. Sorceress. Yep. And was nothing. And she was nothing bettered. But rather, she grew worse. That sounds like about every person that I've heard of that has chemo. And then it says, but when she heard of Jesus. Came, or when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, there's nothing, there's nothing magical about uh, Jesus' clothes at the time. That's not what it is. Her faith was in the Christ who was wearing them. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, or power, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And he's not asking this because he doesn't know. He's wanting the person to come forward. And, and his disciples said to him, thou seest the multitude. That, Jesus, there's, there's a bunch of people here. Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou, who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Ooh. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, I say that to say this. Sometimes God does incredible miracles like this. I've seen them with my own eyes. I've heard the testimonies with my own ears. But the, these are sort of the, I think they're sometimes the exception to the rule. Because the normal means of healing God has given us in the foods that he's provided for us here on the earth and in the things that he instructs us in uh, morally, spiritually, all these kinds of things, including how we should think, what we should stay away from, all of these kinds of things, guarding our heart with all diligence. He tells us all this so that we will live 
And I hear coming out of both you ladies, this is the same thing. I mean, you're not you're not quoting scripture necessarily of it, but it's the same principles that are in there that God has given us in the first place. Fiona, you want to respond? I think I don't know if Kate's kind of cut yeah, off or absolutely. not. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's I've cut it off to try cut my camera off to try and give me some zoom. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hello. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it has a, you know, the seeds and fruits of the trees that even well. It has the herbs will be eyes more than the herbs that really need to be special. They're full of potassium. You're breaking up quite a lot. Too much. I can't hear oh, you. So I'm going to move. I'm oh. going to move. <laughs> All right. Kate Kate is the uh uh the what was the guy the Verizon guy. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? She's playing that guy today. Okay. Well, all of this all of this leads us to to something else. I am going to throw this out here real quick. Uh our contributor at sonsoflibertymedia.com, Suzanne Hamner published the book. It got up yesterday. If you guys have been looking for it, it's called Informed Consent an unalienable right. You can pick that up at the devil's tool, amazon.com. That's the title informed consent and unalienable right by Suzanne Hamner. Uh, if you guys want to pick it up, but what is it? I don't know. It's five ninety five. It's nothing. Um, and you've got it all. And she's working on the hard copy as well. And then uh, Fiona, your site is natureworks, W O R X.com. Tell people what they're going to find when they go over here. Are they going to learn from your experiences? How, you know, how, how you take care, how you took care of yourself? So basically, this is my uh, business website. Uh, these are the different things that I offer: herbal medicine, site K, EFT, craniosacral therapy. Um, and people mainly people consult me because they've got cancer because of my story. So I get a lot of referrals. I get a lot of word of mouth. People coming to see me, um, wanting to work on the stress. So some people want to work. Um, on the stress of having cancer because actually having a cancer diagnosis is very stressful Um, and then many people recognize that they've got traumas unresolved traumas and that's where EFT and matrix re-imprinting comes in really brilliant it's just incredible for releasing trauma it's like nothing I've ever come across nothing else I've ever come across where you can actually release a trauma which has been affecting someone their whole life, you can actually release it in one session, which is extraordinary. Sometimes there's layers to it, has might need a few sessions, but it can happen that just one session is so powerful. Um, and then I do the site K, which is about reprogramming the mind. So once the traumas have gone and you've kind of wiped the slate free from um yeah, the, the thoughts and beliefs that are uh, actually affecting us, we can then reprogram because at the end of the day, we are a, like a biocomputer. That's that's actually what we are. We're, we're um, un, as unromantic as that as that sounds. Um, that's that's where I believe it does work. We get programmed, and then we can uh, reprogram ourselves with with a natural way, um, with the real like with the way that supports our physiology which is actually how things actually work so that we can actually reprogram ourselves with the way things actually work instead of um this programming which, which so that's deprogramming the system that's 
deprogramming yeah. the system, Fiona. Yeah, the system exactly. that we're taught. So all, yeah. you know, the yeah. Bible was taken out of the school where everything it tells us, what foods to eat, how to prepare them, the grains, what we should do, how we should live. You know, getting up early, going to bed when the sun goes down. You should sleep more in winter than you do in summer. But all of that was deprogrammed as us with the lie that it's this this utopia. And and it's about learning to deprogram, I, I think. I would, yeah. That's how I would view it. Yeah, yeah you, I you know, It's becoming natural, basically, at the end of the day. It's about... Because we've got all the answers inside us. I know we, we can read them in stri- scriptures, but actually it's all in us. Everything that we need to know about everything yep. that we need is in us. Christ and within. Positive, the Christ within. Yeah, the, 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 thing is, the thing is, being in, we still bear the image of God. We, it's just been marred. You know, that's how we use it in theological terms. It's been marred, and we think we know better. And God is known by His judgments— and so sometimes, I mean, he has to, he has to discipline us. He has to bring the hardships on us in order that we learn his statutes. I mean, this is what the psalmist said. He said, "I'm glad that you know I I I faced all these things so that I might learn your statutes. So I might learn to obey you. I might learn to." Honor. And we're talking about programming. You know, the biblical language is repentance. That's what it. You know, I get the programming. That's what we do. But it's repentance. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, what sacrifice ever got up and walked off the altar? None. But we're to be living sacrifices. Our our life is to deny ourselves in order to serve God and serve man, uh, to obey God and, and to, to love our neighbors, right? But he says you're to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is what we owe our Creator because of all the goodness that He's given to us. And then he says, be not conformed to this world, or let's let's use the understanding that we have today, be not programmed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the repentance. That's what we talk about here at the Sons of Liberty. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I, you know, in all of this, especially in the healing and stuff, I've learned so much from the scriptures about what God has given us in the first place. And ladies, I'm we're we're here about 30 seconds. If you guys want to hold on, if you got some other things to say, we'll we'll do it off air. Um otherwise, uh Fiona, why don't you tell people where they can tell tell them about your website again? You got about uh, 15 seconds or so. Okay. Yeah, so my website is natureworks.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-E-W-O-R-X.com. Um, if you contact me through that through that website, you can drop me an email and I will um, reply to you. Um, I offer free 20-minute consultations for uh, people who are considering consulting me or to kind of have it, you know, check in with me first and see how, you know, see if you like me, see if that sort of thing see if we can work together and so i offer that i offer those on mondays for people um obviously need to book it and um once yeah once it's decided that once it feels right between the both then we'll book book you in and um yeah i'll do my best to help you i help with all sorts of uh diseases not just cancer um i've actually had success good success with treating um gastrointestinal tract problems and ulcerative colitis uh, quite a few have done really well. And that's the condition that people are written off. You know, people have basically said, you, you'll have to take medication for the rest of your life. Um, 
not true. You know, when you sort out the microbiome and you sort out the healing of the um, endothelium within the digestive tract and and sort out the, the problems, get the enzymes working properly, get the digestive tract working properly, then you can heal. And it's it's just unfortunately, um, you know, medicine profits from people's illness, even though we've got an NHS in this country. So we don't realise that that actually the, the big farmers making loads and loads of money and the NHS not separate from big pharma, you know, and it's 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 a big money making operation and unfortunately people get put on drugs, they get on them for life. And you don't need to, you can actually heal. So that's my message really for the world that bodies heal and you you know you can heal. I believe I personally believe you can heal anything. Um that it's not but not one will heal everything because sometimes it's time for people to die and that's just an inevitable fact of life that we all have to go at some point um but I've also had Lyme disease as well and I feel that I've got had Lyme disease last year completely healed that so you know everything is possible I had I broke both of my wrists this uh last September um and they've healed you know <laughs> so obviously I had a I just have some help I needed a plate put in but you know it's just healed so well and you know it's like the body is amazing it's an amazing miracle and it needs to be celebrated and understood and given everything that it needs in order to do the job that it wants to do, which is heal, always wants to heal. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that we do is we reckon we're, we're amazed at the body and, and, and how it, it functions, but we always go back and give glory to the one who made the body. I mean, it wouldn't do that without our great creator. And not only did he make the body in, to heal and stuff, but all of this stuff that we have, you know, Fiona, uh, on the earth— uh, that he's given us, it, it, it works with the body, whether it's the light or whether it's, uh, you know, like the sunshine or whether it's the, um, the, 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 the fruits that grow on the trees or, you know, the roots we get out of the ground or whatever. He's made it to work with us. And, and I got to tell you, if you're a person who's ever tried to put, you know, you got a niche maybe for a website or you're building a, a business or something like this and you try to get all the stuff in there, you know how complex and complicated that is. And you're only one little part of that. You're only one little part of it. Think about the complexity of what our Creator did for us in providing these things. And I want to drive people to that because I think if we say, you know, Fiona, if we only save the body, and I'm, I believe that we should take care of our bodies, we should do our best to, to try to obey the Lord and what He said there so that we can be healthy to do the duties that we have in this life. And, our, you know, our goal is to glorify God and to enjoy Him. And if we our goal is to be joyful, and that's yeah. that's that's what I feel. It's we're here for joy, and then we we are we basically honor God by being by being our true nature, which is joy, and spreading that, sharing joy. Yeah, but the problem is we bought into all the lies, and we've lived the lies. Like what you were saying there before, and what I was reiterating, and so we've got to be delivered from that some way. And if all we're going to do is just you know, because there's something beyond this life. Uh, there, there clearly is something. When we talk about, even you were talking about, where, what? How did you refer to it? I mean, the Bible calls it flesh, but at the same time, we un- we understand more and more how things are working. And you called it a, a biocomputer. Is that what you called it? Something like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that God has made us the way He's made us. Uh, and I do think that it is so we can do our duties before Him and and to our fellow man that we can love one another. But I think we can only truly do that as He is working in us 
uh, because of the work of his son, the Lord Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I'll give you ladies the last word here if you want to exhort the audience a final time. Uh, Fiona will let you go, and Kate, if you'll do the cleanup, we'll, we'll let you do that. Okay. So my final, my final word, oh, um, let me see. I, I would encourage people to understand that their disease is not a punishment. It's not a life sentence. It's a way for them to become, come home to themselves. And if you truly honour what, what, what has been asked of you, um, you can heal. So that, that's the thing. It's the body is always taking us home. Body symptoms and diseases are there just to bring us home to who we truly are. So that's my positive message about disease. Okay, Kate? It's all a lie anyway. Don't worry about it. Live in joy. Listen to us on a Saturday. Listen to me on Wednesday. Listen to me on TNT as well. And I told you I would bring you the truth. And so I've just brought you Fiona, who I met years ago when I interviewed her on Facebook. And if that's not putting on your helmet of faith and hope, don't forget, the Lord brings us faith and hope. The devil comes with prejudice and fear. And uh, they want you to think it's all bad. It's not. And this in itself, and I just want to say a big hello to lovely Joyce, who's a nurse who's battled illness and her faith is unwavering. Um, every single thing, when you decide to do things the right way, no matter what you're doing in life, oh my word, it's like the, it's like the sea parts. Everybody you need will be right in front of you when you need them. It's incredible because because you're the Christ within. We're supposed to turn it around. We're not supposed to sit there and put all of our, put everything. You know, I'm going to do all this bad stuff, eat rubbish, debauchery and everything else. And I'm going to go to some bloke in a white coat and say, fix me. That's idolatry right there. And I always say to everyone, own it, own it first. That's right. Own it first. And that's the first step of the ladder. And, uh, Thank you for joining me on my walk. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Fiona. And uh, I'm going to have another another cup. I'm going to do a good five miles. And I've got to dash home, carry on juicing, coffee enemas. And then I think I'm going to go to bed about seven o'clock. I can't wait. The bed is beckoning. <laughs> oh, it does that. I'll tell you what, it does that to me now when it's like, you know, yeah. I feel I feel like when, when I used to go and see my grandma or something, they'd be in the bed at 6.30 or 7 o'clock. I'm like, what is going on here? The sun's still out. And I, I my body, especially now with the with it getting dark, you know, fairly early, man, 6.30, 7 o'clock, I start thinking about bed. And then by 8 or 8.30, I want to, I actually want to be in there. But yeah, sometimes that doesn't happen. Anyway, thank you, ladies, for joining us, Fiona. It was a pleasure thank meeting you. you. And uh, if you guys will thank hang on, you, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, Bradley will be with you at 3, and then Lord willing, we'll be back with you on Monday morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Look, it's the weekend. <clears throat> be hospitable. Show your love. Open up your home to your neighbors, your friends, your brothers and sisters. Uh, read the Word of God together. If you, I know many of you don't have a church you can go to where somebody's going to teach the Word. Read it together. It is powerful. It is instructive. Pray together, spur one another on to love and good works. And then, Lord willing, we're going to see you 6 a.m. bright and early. Talk to you then.